Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Gambling Feud Podcast. We are on episode 17 right now. We're just rolling along day by day, week by week, by month by month. We're just going to keep on rolling, baby. My name is Kyle Comish. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog. And joining me, as always, every single episode, my cousin and co-host at DJ Low 4422 DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? Doing good, Kyle. They opened up my pool. I live in an apartment complex. They opened up the pool this weekend, so I was able to catch some rays on my three-day weekend. And yeah, I'm. This work week's going to be short. We're going to be at the weekend pretty soon. I'm just, I'm pumped. Uh, we and we just ended the month of May, which means we have a bunch of results in from the the Coder Capper contest and the Gambling Feud contest. So uh, it's this is an eventful time of year for us right now, but. Yeah, what were your thoughts on the old uh, gambling feud and the Coda Kappa contest? Well, uh, I ended up finishing fifth out of seventh, and normally the results that I did would get me dead last almost every other month, but it ended up getting me third from last, actually. But, uh, you know, you gave Pace a run for your money, DJ, but uh, Pace did come up about a unit and a half more than you. He finished at plus 17.69 units, and you came in second at plus 16.06 but after that it just it really went downhill puma cakes finished third at minus 12 soup finished fourth at minus 14.6 i finished fifth at minus 16.32 brs finished sixth at minus 18.19 and toast rest in peace that man he's still alive but not not uh on twitter anymore minus 51.37 units you hate to see it and yeah what an interesting way to start the day with the whole toast declaring that he's going to deactivate his account and he's done um i was not expecting that uh you know i woke up with a lot of notifications and a lot of stuff to figure out a lot of stuff to read uh but yeah very very sad to see toast go uh i really enjoyed him i still hope he makes a guest appearance on the our trivia night i guess i don't know who's going to replace him as a hot boy yeah um, i'm not really sure what we're going to do there uh but yeah no i i you know i wish he would have just taken his punishment and tried to bounce back uh but clearly that's not the method he chose he chose that he needed to deactivate his account and just he didn't deserve he didn't deserve to be a code of is what he felt uh but yeah what were your thoughts on that kyle he, he want Rico Bosco on us. Like, Beerus <laughs> said he's the, our Rico Bosco. That's, exact, that's exactly what he did. But, like, okay, first of all, me, Beerus, Soup, and him were all very, very much towards the bottom. Pumba was, like, in the middle of the pack, and you and Pacer kind of fighting for the top. And then he has the audacity to say that Comb Dog, 
he's going to be the one that finishes last place. I'm like, okay, now we're turning on the gears here a little bit. So then I, so then I said, forget it. I'm going all five unit bets. I placed eight bets, went five and three on the day, which bounced me back quite a bit. And then just, I guess he did what he did with B Russ. He kind of just sank a little bit. He started going as he would say, chase Buttinger mode and just did a bunch of different parlays to try to get units back up and just, it cost him in the end, but you know, I wish him well. I hope he does decide to come back and join us again. He was very, very electric, and I think he was a great asset to the network. So it was, really, it was pretty sad to see him go. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, super sad to see him go. And like, yeah, like you said, I hope he comes back. Um, you know, maybe needs some just time to clear his head out. You know, enjoy the summer. I uh, just kind of do his own thing for a while, but I hope to see him back. Uh, but yeah, that's like the fourth month in a row or maybe third month where pace has edged me out on the last day. Mm-hmm. I, I won the first month. And ever since then, it's basically been me and pace fighting for number one. I mean, some, I know you've been up there a couple of times. Um, I think, uh, who was it? B Russ was up there one of the months. I mean, there's always been a battle, but it's usually been me and pace. And I just – I played not to lose. I had a lead on him. I played not to lose, and I only did one unit bets. And that's what cost me. I ended up having a decent day, but Pace had an insane day. And, excuse me, if I would have gone five unit bets, I would have won. But I played not to lose, and I, I'm done doing that. So this month I'm going all out, and we'll see where it goes, I guess. Uh, but – what about our Twitter contest, Kyle? You want? I know you don't want to talk about it, but this is the Gambling Feud podcast, so we have to talk about the Gambling Feud contest. Your thoughts. Take it away. Yeah, we did. So, uh, once again, DJ, congrats. You did win the month of May. You have won the first five months in the, of the year. You finished uh, 93 and 77 this month with a .547 winning percentage. And I finished 82 and 85, just barely under 500 at 0.491 warning percentage. Um, you know, just like a couple of things. Uh, I was four and one on my mortal locks. I really couldn't do much, much better when it came to that. I just was uh, thinking too much about my bets rather than kind of letting it come to me. I was thinking a little too much about it, but uh it's, it's all about the experience, and you definitely have the years of experience on on me. That doesn't excuse you beating me five months in a row, and I got a feeling it's going to be bounce-back time here pretty soon, but I do absolutely give uh, props where it's due, but I got a feeling that uh, bounce-back season, it's always going to start, and I'm ready for a fresh month and a fresh Code of Capra contest, fresh gambling food contest. Yeah, that that month was actually kind of crazy because you went four and one on your mortal locks and I went two and three. Like <laughs> I had no business, but I just got super hot on my other bets. And I think I hit my last mortal lock hit, which was huge, obviously. Um, and yeah, you know, that's just the way sports gambling goes. You go hot, you go cold. It seems like you've had a couple amazing months and I've just somehow had a more amazing month where it's like if I have a slight down month, like if I have the month I had this month, you're beating me because I know you've had a 56% month one of those times. So you beat me then. Um, so, you know, it just, you just, you're catching the wrong timing and it, it's a long season. If I go in thinking I got this in the bag, you will certainly come back and win. So I'm going to stay on it, pedal to the metal. I'm going to keep, keep gunning for the top. 
And I know you, I expect the same out of you. We're competitors. That's just how it's going to be. And honestly, it's just all for fun. I mean, there's no, it's really just bragging rights, which means the most, actually. It's more than any monetary value, just having the bragging rights. Uh, But no, it's, it's been, it's been a really fun ride. And yeah, I'm glad we've been able to go back and forth, you know, multiple months. And just, I think we've intrigued a lot of people with just kind of, kind of the way we set it up and just doing this podcast. Um, But yeah, it's been fun. Quickly, before I forget, Kyle. We got to give a shout out Lucas Parker on the intro song. Almost forgot. Um, but yeah, he wrote the intro song for us. If you like it, check out his album Virtues on Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, it's by Luke, L-U-K-E, and then the number seven, Virtues, Apple Music. Check it out. Did a great job. Uh, but yeah, let's get let's get this thing rolling, Kyle. You ready to keep keep it keep grinding, keep pumping out these episodes left and right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun so far, DJ. I know we got family who are tuning in we got a loyal fan base of friends and just a bunch of people on the twitter world so we appreciate all you and like dj said this is absolutely just for fun and bragging rights now if you know me and dj's family bragging rights is more than any amount of money there is when it comes to our family you gotta always have the the bragging rights of some shape or kind so it's been but no it's a lot of fun i'm ready to just keep this thing rolling and have another great episode Yes, sir. So let's move on to the tweet of the week. Kyle, you want to bat lead off here? Sure. So my tweet of the week came from Barstool Sports. For those of you that don't know or don't follow me on Twitter, I'm a big, big Barstool Sports guy. I interact with a lot of the personalities there. I just think uh, that's a goal that Coda Capper should have is to be like Barstool Sports, in all honesty. But uh, anyways, uh, Barstool Sports tweeted a video of uh, John Morant out of a timeout. He gets the ball on inbound shoots it at the logo and airballs it and Barcelona sports tweeted loved what the grizzlies drew up during the timeout i nothing signals or attributes to coaching more than plays like that a good coach out of a timeout is gonna have a good play and so you know your average fan they just watch it and they're like oh that was bad play but you're more educated fans like, wow, like my personal opinion of that coach has just taken a knock. He's gone down a notch because of that right there. Like that, that's bad. That's not good. Um, and so, but, but it works the other way too. You know, you come out of a timeout and you have a great play. I, I gain a little respect for the coach. I'm like, wow, that was, that was a well drawn up play. I know the players didn't come up with that. Like he had to draw that up. Uh, so it, it does work both ways. And I, I love looking at that stuff just to kind of get an understanding of how coaches' skills are. Uh, I don't know how much you look into it, Kyle, because it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of teams, but I, I do like to look into that stuff just to kind of evaluate my personal opinion of coaches. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you absolutely. And and there, there's two there's two sides of the coin. Like like you said, if that's really what the Memphis coach drew up is just get the ball to jaw and just have him chuck up a three with like 45 seconds to go, then yeah, that's on the coach. But at the same time, I guess – you and I both don't necessarily know if Ja just said the hell with the coach and just did his own thing and didn't do what the coach said. So it goes both ways, but, but you're absolutely right. If, if there's a good play drawn up out of a timeout, like absolute credit due to the coach, but at the same time, if it's like really, really poor, like that play was, it's like, okay, what are you doing? You get paid millions and millions of dollars and that's, you can come up with out of a timeout. Like, yeah, you and I could draw up a better play and we're making not, not even close to millions. Like, come on. Oh, make a million in our lifetime, probably. <laughs> yeah, if we're lucky, if we're lucky. Um, so I, I changed up my tweet a week about three times, but I finally found one that was perfect. 
Uh, so the Twins are playing the Orioles. They're up 1-0. And the Orioles player, I want to say it was Mountcastle, which Kyle roasted at the beginning of the year, which that has not worked out well. <laughs> right. Because he's been hitting well. But I think he hit a solo home run. So he blasts one. And the outfielder is running for it. And it's out to center. And he just, like, full – Full speed runs into the wall, just nails the wall. Uh, I don't know if he didn't know kind of where he was. I mean, he wasn't in a way park. Um, and it was just hilarious, like, watching him go full speed. Because I think he ended up being fine. He wasn't hurt or anything, which is good, obviously. You don't want to root for a player. Uh, and so an account tweeted, you got – oh, it was the the crap baseball player say, except for it's not crap. But anyway, and so it was that account. And it tweeted, you got room. And I just geeked because I can just think of all the times like you got room and then you're just like smacking in the vet. Like dudes just don't really know where the ball is and they're telling you. So it's just funny if you like think that someone told him he had room. So he just kept going and boom, right into the wall. Um, but yeah, we will try and for sure, I'm going to try and tweet that one, that video out. Cause I think it's hilarious. Um, and yeah, Kyle, if we can get your tweet out there for the tweet of the week on the gambling feud. So you guys can see what we're talking about as they are videos. Um, so it's a little harder to obviously understand if you can't see them, um, but can't miss play of the week. Kyle, what do you got, buddy? So my can't miss play of the week, I'm sure not many people missed it because if you have any type of social media, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, what have you, or if you have just even a TV in general, you will have seen this play. And it came with me and DJ's team, the Chicago Cubs. They played the dumpster fire of a team that is the pittsburgh pirates <laughs> and uh so javi by so there's a runner on third and javi Baez makes a or has a grounder to th to third base they throw over to first first baseman it's a little um outside so first baseman has to go and get it so he tries to tag Baez, and Baez tries going into a pickle between first and home and the first baseman fell for it so the first baseman's running towards him and stuff like that the runner from third goes the first baseman realizes, oh, crap, I uh, I need to throw home now. Run safe. Now there's nobody covering first base. So so Baez runs to first base. The second baseman finally comes over too late. The ball goes past the second baseman. Nobody's covering second base now. So Javi runs to second base, and they get and he's safe there too. I mean, Javi Baez made the, or the Pittsburgh Pirates look like a Little League team during that play. It was embarrassing how low the IQ was of the Pirates on that play. Like, it, it literally looked like Little League softball or baseball, either one. It was just embarrassing, the ball being thrown around. And the funny thing was, the dude panicked so hard that the run scored. Like, that's why he threw it to the catcher. But all he had to do was step on first, and the run wouldn't have counted because the runs don't count on a force out. So the run could have scored. He could have let the guy walk in, and as long as he would have just tagged Javi – it would have been a force out and the run wouldn't have counted. So he panicked. You see this guy run home. He throws it because there was two outs, throws it home. The guy gets saved. I mean, it was just, oh, it was just, it was a dumpster fire for a dumpster fire franchise. And I loved it. It was hilarious. And yeah, it, it, it's just funny, man. Well, Javi, and this is not something like rare for Javi. Javi Baez makes people look like idiots all the time and stuff like that. But I mean, it was just, it was a very, very high IQ play for Javi, and it was a very, very low IQ play for that entire Pittsburgh Pirates infield. <laughs> Honestly, uh, as a manager, I'd be like, like, what am I supposed to do? I have no talent on this team, and these guys can't even get a simple force out at first to not allow a run to score. Like, what, what do I do? Um, yeah. 
What do you got for your can't miss play of the week? All right. So Jason Tatum is taking on the entire Nets team. It's basically Jason Tatum versus the Nets team. Uh, and it's not going well for him as he's one player and the Nets have Harden, Griffin, uh, Irving, uh, Durant. So, yeah, they got a lot of guys. Um, and it's just Tatum because Jalen Brown's hurt and the rest of the Celtics are a little rough. But Tatum has embarrassed Durant at least two or three times. I know he's disrespected Kyrie a couple times. Like, all in all, Tatum is proving that he's an elite scorer, that he is one of the best scorers in the league. Now, is he? he's not getting wins, so you could call it the mellow effect. Um, but, he, man, he is just doing some real disrespectful stuff. So two of my favorite plays – is Durant tried to like pick him and he did a spin move and just caught Durant fully reaching. And then they like converge on him as he goes to the basket, kicks it out to Marcus Smart, who obviously hits the three, um, which isn't very obvious because he usually doesn't, but hit the three in that, <laughs> he hit it in that situation. So it was a sick play. You could throw it on the highlight reel. And then another one, uh, Tatum's just doing a bunch of different dribble moves and he, he's baiting Durant into thinking he wants to shoot the, the three-pointer Durant falls for it. He kind of gets by him a little bit. Harden gets in the way a little bit, but doesn't really do anything. And then Tatum hits a spin and a little Kobe fade and just buckets. I mean, if you, there's videos of uh, Jason Tatum's like fadeaway game with uh, Kobe's game and they're mere images. Clearly Tatum watched a lot of Kobe film and he's doing it and he's doing it real well. Uh, So yeah, if you check out any of those plays of Tatum embarrassing the Nets, um, he's got like four or five of them and the Nets have just embarrassed the Celtics all series. So it's kind of a wash at this point for Tatum, but Hey, some cool plays. And anytime you can embarrass Durant or any of the Nets players, honestly, I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, let's, let's exactly. Yeah. Just, I, I just, that, that entire big three, I hate Kyrie. I hate Harden and I hate Durant. So if you have a chance to embarrass any of them, just, it's a good play in my in in my eyes, but I just hate that big three. I didn't I didn't mind Kyrie when he was on Boston, but then he decided to take his Earth is flat self and go over to Brooklyn. And yeah, I I I didn't I didn't mind Kyrie right away. I guess with the Celtics, but then in the playoffs when he shot like terrible, I, he shot like four of twenty two. And they asked him, like, what do you got to do differently? And his answer was shoot more. I'm like, bro, you're so selfish. Like, you can't score. You're not good right now. Like, you're not playing well. And now you're telling, like, what what kind of selfish attitude? And, like, a lot of the kind of the locker room talk that has been leaked after Kyrie left was that he was a really bad teammate and a lot of, you know, negatives. And it was more about him, 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 you know, his stats doing his stuff. And it wasn't a whole team game. Um, so I, I definitely was okay with him leaving and I lost a lot of respect for him. The only time he's ever won is with the greatest player of all time. And that's LeBron James. And I think that's one of the only players that can keep him in check. Like, how is he going to say something to LeBron? You can't, like, you have to respect LeBron. Whereas any other player, he can, he can do whatever he wants because he thinks he's better, you know? And so it's, it's just tough. Um, I think he, I think he's a good Robin, but he can never be a Batman. And that's why he, he needed LeBron to be the Batman uh and now he needs Durant to be the Batman or James Harden to be the Batman he might not even be the Robin on this team like I don't even want to get into it I'm not a fan of Kyrie and the disrespectfulness of him slapping or doing the, whatever he did to the Celtics logo stomped. yeah yeah stomp the Celtics logo and don't get KG mad and Kevin Garnett 
had to tweet he was not a fan of what he did. And I promise you, Kevin Garnett would knock out Kyrie in one punch. Kyrie would not want the smoke. I mean, it'd be like the Ben Askren, Jake Paul, just bam. And I, I don't want, I don't like using Jake Paul as a reference for Kevin Garnett. But anyway, I just, Kyrie, watch where you're going, bud. Tread lightly, tread lightly, because KG don't mess around with nobody. No, Kate, there's, there's like a list of like five people and just, in NBA history that I just would not want to mess with. And Kevin Garnett is one of those, one of those five people you got to throw in like Shaq and guys like that too. But I mean, KG is just not a, a dude you want to mess with. So I agree with you entirely there, DJ, but uh, let's, uh, let's dive into a random poll. So really interesting random poll that uh, kind of came up with here. So for this poll, because if we had our bias, me and DJ would be very, very obvious who we would choose. So all bias is going to be set, put to the side. Picture yourself as the number one prospect in basketball. All the, visit, all the visits that you've attended have been really, really good. Every single college basketball program in Division One wants to offer you a full ride. Where are you choosing to go? DJ, I'll let you start. All right. So as you said, we're throwing our bias out. So my bias answer, just to get it on the record, is North Carolina. Um, I'm a Tar Heel for life. Uh, Roy Williams just retired, though, which would kind of be a setback. But I'm pretending he's still there if I were to go there. Uh, so my unbiased answer has got to be Duke. Coach K, he's he's developed and made so much – so he's produced so much NBA talent that his resume is just insane. He's just a good coach. He just teaches you what you need to know. And he's got a lot of connections. You know, if, if, uh, if an NBA guy calls him, all the NBA guys have Coach K's number. So that part of marketing is great. He's going to coach you well. Like, there's so much good that comes with Coach K. And then on top of it, the ACC is over the last 10 years, I think the ACC is debatably the best conference. Uh, so you're going to face the best talent. You know, you're going to get get you're going to see a lot of different uh, players, whether defense, offensively. And it's going to expose you to a lot of high competitive games, which will best transition you for the NBA. Uh, and my honorable mentions, I guess I, I would Virginia's coach. Can't think of what his name is. I really respect him and I respect that organization, even though I hate him. Uh, and Gonzaga, same way. I really respect ah, – why can't I think of any of their names? I really respect the Gonzaga's coach and everything Mark he's few. done. Yeah, Mark, yep, yep, few. Few, few, few. Um, so, yeah, I respect, I respect both those coaches. And so I, when I'm going to college, there's so many good ones to choose from. I'm going based on the coach. So that's, that's my take on it. Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, so, DJ, obviously, if, if uh, bias was included, I would choose Iowa. You know, I like McCaffrey. I like – uh, Iowa City, every time I've been to Iowa City, it's just been electric. That would be my obvious choice. But obviously putting all bias aside, where I would probably go is Kansas. And the biggest thing for me is when I choose a college or university, I want to go somewhere where my parents and my family can come and attend. So Kansas is like a seven, six-hour drive from Lamar's. So parents could come if they, if they wanted to and spend the weekend up here. Um, Allen Fieldhouse where Kansas plays is one of, if not the best basketball arena in college basketball. It is absolutely on my bucket list. I actually have a friend from Morningside who's from around the, the Lawrence, Kansas area. And he said that Allen Fieldhouse is so like sacred that they don't let anybody outside of Kansas play on it. Like they have like the Kansas, like high school basketball tournament in the state tournament at Kansas state, because they won't let people on, to Allen Fieldhouse court. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how like 
sacred that place is. The only time you get a go on it if you're not at Kansas, if you're a recruit. And even then, like, they make you – if you don't have basketball shoes on, you got to take your shoes off and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's really, really sacred to them. And, uh, you know, Coach Self, one of the most respected coaches in college basketball, really, really hard to dislike the guy. Uh, so I, I like Coach Self. Uh, the program itself just has a long history of winning games that go all the way back to the Wilt Chamberlain era. So, you know, they have a history of winning. Their fan base is one of the most loyal and electric in the country. I don't know if you've seen a full packed Allen Fieldhouse, but there's it, it compare, it's on the top of a lot of places. And NBA scouts pay attention to these games a lot because Kansas recruits and, and produces really, really good basketball players. So that's why I think I would choose Kansas if I were to go somewhere. Yeah, some great choices. And obviously the key thing are just, you know, uh, universities with tradition and then great coaching. I mean, those are the two things. You got historic, historic like dynasties of basketball, and then you also have great coaches. Um, so let's transition to our favorite segment, the mic drop segment. Kyle, you want to bat lead off here, buddy? Yeah, I will. So uh, my mic drop has to do with uh, kind of people in the media, people on social media, or just people in general talking about it. And it has to do with Naomi Osaka. So everyone knows Naomi Osaka, uh, professional women's tennis player. She was most famous for beating uh, Serena Williams in the championship, I believe, at Wimbledon or maybe the U.S. Open, one of the two. But she beat Serena Williams. She actually, uh, when she beat Serena, Serena, there was a, that big gate that the umpire took a point away from Serena because uh, she argued and she said, like, you made a wrong choice. You're a point thief or whatever. And the umpire took another point away from her. And she said, you know, men have said so much worse in tennis. And the fact that you gave it to me just because I'm a woman is ridiculous. But Osaka ended up winning. And Osaka actually apologized for winning that because there was so much negative energy because Serena lost and stuff like that. This actually put Osaka in a depression. And she's been battling it for quite some time. There's a big tournament coming up, and she actually uh, declined to go to a media um, kind of media a press conference. There we go. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> she de she declined to go to a press conference because she was having issues with mental health. The tennis commission fined her or whatever a big chunk of money because it was a required press conference that she refused to go to. So she withdrew. And then she basically stated, you know, I've been dealing with mental health issues. And then you got these boneheads on Twitter or on all these social media saying, you get paid a contract. You need to do what you need to do. These tennis players get paid to play tennis. And if she was struggling, people don't take mental health seriously enough anymore. I struggle with it. Uh, a lot of people I know, like family members struggle with it. If you think that they can just shut up and go play tennis, you don't know what it's like to have issues with mental health. So I think it is just ridiculous that people in the media, you know, just these boneheads on social media, they, they just think it's funny to make fun of Osaka. Well, I wish I could take a, a personal mental health, mental health day at my job. If you think that's an issue, get a new job, my guy, my girl, whoever, whoever. But you need to, people need to start taking mental health more seriously and i bet professional athletes might have it worse than uh ordinary people just for all the pressure and all the attention they get and so on and so forth but i guess the biggest thing if you get 
if you have to listen to the end, the biggest thing I want to get out of it is that take mental health seriously because it is also oh important to do that. Preach, Kyle. That was beautiful. I 100% agree. Uh, mental health is just looks so negatively. It has so many negative connotations in this in this country, and I don't get it. Like, dude, people struggle with these real problems, and people want to make them out to be outcasts just because they have depression. It's like, dude, that's a normal part of life. I mean, animals have gotten, they're just like a gorilla or something can get depressed. Like it happens to everybody and everything. And so to make, to just add all these negative connotations on top of it, it's just, it, then it makes people not want to be open about it, which makes them more depressed. And it's ridiculous. Like you should accept it. Like, Hey man, like I have to deal with depression or I have to deal with anxiety or whatever you have to do, accept it and work to get towards it, be upfront with it. And I'm not saying that if you, if you don't want to be upfront about it, you don't have to be, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying we should be so much more open as a culture and as a country and a society and athletes have it. Like people act like athletes just have like LeBron James just has the easiest life. Like, Oh man, he's just great at basketball and it's so easy, but dude, you know, like you said, the pressure, like you're, you're carrying an entire city on your back. If you win the entire city wins, if you lose the entire city loses like that amount of pressure alone, plus just the fact that the media is focused on you 24 seven, you literally can't even sneeze without them tweeting about it or something it's, it's just ridiculous and to always have them on you and oh it'd just be it'd be such an overload and sure you you make millions cool but is it worth it to deal with all those like i bet some of them at the end of the day would be like you know i'd just rather have a normal life i'd rather have a life where i can go outside and there's not a billion people taking pictures of me um so i, I mean i see both sides of the coin yeah they have millions of dollars but they have so much extra stuff they have to deal with and if they slip up once if they slip up once they're done they're done kyle it's over the, the Twitter world, the, the media, they're going to destroy them. I, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, I'm going to hop on your mic drop there a little bit, but it's oh, such I, a, such a big issue that I, I felt like I needed to. No, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate it. And like I said, it's just the people that make these comments are obviously people that don't suffer from it or know people that don't suffer from it. So that's all I got to say about that. I could go on about this for a while but i think i'm gonna cut myself off there but dj i know you got something that i'm pretty passionate about as well what do you got for your mic drop yeah so this is more sports related is not well just culture and country related but the nba has become very cringy at, at times and what i mean by this is all this soft little contact like flailing for a foul crap it, it's really annoying uh i mean it's uh it's just ridiculous like you see every Trey Young does it all the time. Uh, James Harden's like, there's so many dudes who like, all they do is like, they go up or they, you, you, you're guarding them and they barely put a hand on you and they just flop up. And it, it's just so annoying. It's like, dude, this isn't basketball. Like this is how to draw a foul. Like I barely, I'm hand checking James Harden and he just flails up. And so now he has three shots. Like this, this isn't basketball. That wasn't a good move. Like, and the NBA has just gotten so soft in those areas that it, it, it's really hard to watch sometimes, especially when you see some highlights. It's just like, dude, he barely got touched and then he flails up or he kicks his legs out or whatever he does. And it's just, it's tough to watch. And I don't like it sometimes with that. What are your thoughts on that whole NBA, the touch foul? I mean, it's just, ugh. That's why, like, and you're not going to like to hear this, DJ, but we will have to do a random poll about this sometime. But that's why I think in some instances, Jordan's better than LeBron. 
It's just the fact that that era, like Jordan's era, like one example I use all the time, like there's a bunch of differences between like Jordan's era and LeBron's era. Jordan's era, I remember Carl Malone elbowed Isaiah Thomas in the eye and Isaiah was literally gushing blood and he was still willing to try and go and play the rest of the game and stuff like that. Nowadays, if you did that, I mean, there's like a a $25,000 fine coming your way and a massive suspension. And like another example I use is the play I talked about last week when Sean Kemp dunked on Alton Lister, like he dunked on Alton Lister, pointed both fingers at him and jogged away, got nothing, no technical, no taunting, no nothing. You do that nowadays, you get a technical and you're going to get fined for it. So, I mean, just the transition from back then to today is so much more different. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like players need to get a lot more tougher and stop with the flailing and the flopping and so on and so forth. I agree. Yeah, and I think it honestly needs to start with the refs. Like, just don't call that crap anymore. Just quit calling it. Like, if they do, if they do some like stupid, like, just don't call it. Like, make it be a real foul. Uh, which the players aren't gonna like that. And my only argument to your LeBron versus Michael thing is like LeBron is a physical specimen. So if you throw him back in a league where he can bully dudes like that, I think he's just as lethal as he is now. Like now he has to finesse a little more than power. Um, and he does some things like that. What he got, what happened to him? He got poked in the eye or something yeah. and he was down for like 10 minutes. And then that Kevin PR for the Mets got hit in the face with a fastball and was down like 90 seconds. And so there was like a comparison, like who's the real athlete or something or who's tougher. I don't know what the tweet was all about. Um, and like LeBron does do a lot of crap like that. That does upset me, but like the whole league does it. And people just fixate on LeBron, which I get it. He shouldn't be doing it, but he does because the whole league does it, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think you throw LeBron back in that era and he can actually physically bully people like he's already been doing. Uh, he's a scary guy, man. He's a scary guy. But it's all hearsay. We have no proof, no idea. I mean, we're just – what do they call it? Shooting the wind or I don't know. We're just guessing. We're speculating. We have no idea. Exactly. No. <clears throat> DJ, this is going to have to be our uh... – a random poll for next time because I have one more counterpoint to that counterpoint that you just have. So you throw LeBron in the – we're going way off track here, but I'm going to do it anyways. You throw LeBron in Jordan's era, and you say that he can be physical and bully guys like stuff like that. Okay, I agree with that, but when he does stuff like that, what happens when he comes to a, like, uh, a bad boy Detroit Pistons team or Bill Lambeer will just shove him to the ground and stuff like that? Is he going to remain physical? Ah. That's it's tough for me to know. I would assume based on his athleticism and like his ability to just he I know he can be physical, um, but because the league's gone so soft, it's made him soft. Whereas if he was if he came up in a league that required physical, like imagine if he came up the same time as Michael did. Okay, so they're both going into a league that's physical. He would you would have to approach it differently. Like the 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 veterans on the team would treat him like they treat rookies. You know, they 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 beat him up, they bully him around, and like he'd learn that way. And I think with just his physical, the, just the physical specimen he is, I think he'd adapt well. But again, we we have no idea whatsoever. No, you 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 make fair points. Yeah, it's that's a pretty interesting debate and i think it's stupid that we have to have this debate but obviously there's always people on one side of the coin or the other so but it might be a a thing for next time but so we're gonna that's a that's a mini mic drop along with me and dj's mic drop. <laughs> we like just go on, 
we just going on and on, baby. Yep. We'll do a whole show of mic drops at some point. <laughs> I'd like that. I would like that. We can't get a guest some week. We'll just do all mic drops. Just going off. Tangent, tangent, tangent. The hot corner. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So that might be that might be the move for next time. But DJ, nice mic drop. That was a good little segment there. Uh let's transition to my crazy stat of the week. So my crazy stat of the week is presented to you by Muddy Bites. Uh summer's here now. Weather's getting nice. Ice cream trucks going around. Nothing better than a nice champ cone on a hot day. And the best part of the champ cone, in my opinion, is the end of the champ cone with just the milk chocolate in the cone. It's absolutely delicious. Get your, and that's all Muddy Bites is. It's just a bag of end of the champ cones, the cone and milk chocolate. Go to muddybites.com, get your bag today. It is really, really good. So on Saturday, the uh, May 29th, Josh Donaldson scored a run for the Minnesota Twins. And most of you are thinking, okay, Kyle, cool, whatever. But this wasn't just any run. It was the two millionth run scored in MLB history. And the very first run in MLB history was scored by Tim McGlinney of the Boston Red Stockings in the top of the second in the first game of the first season. Uh, That's just – that's a lot of runs. Uh... And a lot of years. I mean, what do you know what year that was at all? Just speculate. It had to be like 19 something, right? It was no, it was in the early 18, I think 1890 or something like that. Okay, so, yep, I yep. mean, it was been playing for probably 130 years or something like that. So that's a lot of runs, though. Yeah. And I would assume that the game in the recent years has been more runs than less runs. Um, I think in the old days, there were a lot of, you know, 2 1 games or. Three one, a lot of unders were hit in the old days, um, yes. but now nowadays uh, there's definitely a huge transition. But wow, that's that's crazy. I would have I would have never guessed that. I, I wouldn't have been able to get within half half a million. Oh me either. I would have get I would have guessed one million if we're if we're being truthful because like I was thinking back to like the old days when like Cy Young was pitching and stuff like that and like. The, like these days you had like a five-man rotation like Cy Young could throw a complete game and then be on the mound the next game that's just how they did it back then they didn't have those five games of rest they did like Cy Young would throw nine innings and he would ice his shoulder back at it the next day so I mean it's just crazy how they did did it back then they were they were bred different back then or something those dudes were wow just crazy but yeah, let's go to my uh, pro betting tip of the week, sponsored by Looch Farms. Great steak comes from Happy Cattle, and well, Happy Cattle they come from Looch Farms. We're just doing our part every day, uh, one step at a time, one day at a time, one month at a time, just trying to feed the world, uh, doing our thing. Uh, so the betting tip, basically, it's about underdogs, and it is that if you're never betting on underdogs, you already have a problem. Because underdogs, A, they hit a lot more than you would think, and B, pay out way better than betting on favorites. Now, granted, it's not like you can't bet on favorites or that betting on favorites is wrong. Because, um, I, I mean, I've, I've been uh, a victim of this. I've bet on, you know, you just get on a trend where, like, oh, the favorite's going to win, the favorite's going to win, the favorite's going to win. And you just start eating the juice, eating the juice, eating the juice. Uh, but the underdogs are kind of where the value's at very rarely would I say a favorite has value. 
Um, once Clayton Kershaw was minus 120 money line, and I was like, wow, that's value because Clayton Kershaw should never be minus 120. It should be way more than that. Um, but other than that, it's tough to get value as a favorite because generally they're just, they're just they're too much juice because everyone wants to bet on the favorite. Um, quickly, I, I've done a lot of research just through college and all that. And there was an article about this contest they had, and it was like an economic research paper. Uh, basically, they brought in a bunch of these gamblers, these good handicappers, and they had them bet on NFL games. And the guys who finished in the top percentage bet majority, like bet mostly underdogs. Like their bets that they would choose would be the underdogs. Um, and like I said, people want to ride on the favorite. The public is dumb. The public wants to ride with the favorite. Of course, the favorite's going to win. You know, who wants to bet on an underdog? They're not supposed to win. Um, well, the thing is like, uh, you can go, you can go 500 betting on underdogs and you'll actually make money. Whereas if you go 500 betting on favorites, you will lose money every time. There's no way to win. You have to go almost two or three games over 500 to make money betting on favorites. Uh, so you, you can actually be worse at betting on underdogs and still make more money. It's, it's crazy how it works, but basically don't be afraid to bet underdogs and look for the value underdogs, the underdogs that maybe they're. Plus, okay, quick example. The Tigers were plus 230 against Garrett Cole, and they had Casey Miz on the mound. And Casey Miz has pitched very well this year. And I said, you know what? There's no way the Tigers should be plus 230. They have an equal chance to win this. Not an equal chance. That's absurd. But plus 230 is way too much. They should have been like plus 180. Bet them, and they won three to two. So that's why you bet underdogs, folks. And it's not like Garrett Cole is going to pitch the entire nine innings, too. So exactly but no i i agree with you wholeheartedly dj like underdogs have helped probably the both of us in our coda capper contest like if you just strictly bet favorites i mean you're losing a lot of juice to try to get a lot of gain but if you bet some underdogs that have value i mean that's you get your units plus more some so you absolutely like like i almost just for kicks and giggles for example i uh the Celtics were plus 630 tonight as we record against the Nets. I, for the heck of it, almost wanted to throw down a unit just for kicks and giggles because I'd get six units back. Exactly. Are they going to win? Probably not because they don't have Kemba or Robert Williams, but it's, it's still just sometimes every now and then if I see like a really, really, really high underdog, I might just say, ah, oh, for the heck of it, I'll throw maybe a unit, a half a unit or something on there just to see what happens, but – no, I agree with you, DJ. If you're strictly betting favorites, you're not doing it right. Yep. I was at the Prairie Meadows, which is the uh, casino here in the Des Moines area. It's in Altoona. And there was these, I went, I was betting on the ponies. There was horse races. So they have actual physical horses. And there was this one horse and no one was betting on it. Cause you can see it shows who's betting on what. And I thought it was just as equal as like all the horses were equal and no one was better. So, you know, you know, I'll throw two dollars on it. Two dollars to win. Thirty dollars is what end up paying out because you don't know what it pays out from the beginning. You have to actually calculate everything. So I made thirty dollars off of a two dollar bet. It was it was crazy. Uh, It won. It was awesome. I I love betting the ponies. But let's move on to our home run pick them and our daily fantasy. Kyle. Will the home run pick them continue? Will we continue to have a home run pick them? DJ, I think we both agreed that if they had zero home runs, the both of them, Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, we would end it. Well, they both had one. 
Judge had one home run. Otani had one home run. So I guess we still got to keep it going, but the series is tied 0-0 to 9. I Like, I can't even describe how crazy this is. Nine ties in a row? Because I think the highest we've had is two home runs, and obviously the other person had two home runs, yeah. and obviously the lowest is zero. But we've just week after week, we've just matched each other perfectly. I, I can't describe it. I, I have no idea. Un, unbelievable. I what's what's the move there Kyle I I don't know DJ I guess at this point I don't want to stop somebody's got to win so I think we got to just keep going with it but I mean this is just this is crazy impressive how we can both choose players so equal I think the the one week we both had two I think I had like Reese Hoskins who I thought might get one and he got two and I remember who you had that week but it's just this is crazy just absolutely insane. I yeah, I really don't know how to explain. I had Tyler Naquin. That's who I had. Oh, I just, there you go. I just pulled it up. So yeah, we had zero two zero one zero 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 one. I mean, <laughs> we can't. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. Uh, let's just table that. Let's move on to the daily fantasy. Um. So Kyle chose Eduardo Escobar, who had seventy four point eight points. Great pick, by the way. He had a seven-game hitting streak during that stretch. So it was a seven games because we we did the podcast a, a day earlier uh, last week, um, and so it went a day longer. So it was seven-game hitting streak he went on for Kyle. And then Owatani had 72.1 points. So Kyle gets the dub. Owatani, I used him, and he burnt me out. He went cold. And every day, Eddie just got a single in every game. He had two doubles and a dinger. I mean, just – I love the guy, so I can't even be mad. Uh, last week, Kyle won with Julio Goriel, 54.2 points, and I had Jordan Alvarez at 28.6. Currently, the season high is when I took Yuli Goriel, and he had 117.3, which is insane. And the season low belongs to Kyle with Corey Seager, 24.2 points. That one hurts because he's a great player. Uh, season averages on the year. So Kyle is currently leading the series four to three, yet his season average is only 51 points when compared to my 59.66 points. Um, so right there is just an example of how you can manipulate stats. Because if you looked at the averages, you would think I was my, my like I should be winning, but I'm not. Kyle has had his precision strikes. He's been a precision striker, um, and he's gotten the dubs. So Kyle is up four to three, uh, and yeah, let's. Get our picks in, I guess. All right, let's do it. So I am going to take a guy who is playing the Twins a very good chunk of the weekend for my home run pick -em. It's a guy that I don't talk about enough for how much I admire this guy. So for my home run pick -em, I'm going to take Carlos Santana. Respect. For the Royals. And then for my... Daily fantasy sports player, I'm going to take another guy who is uh, having a pretty solid season so far uh, with a 270 batting average, 11 home runs, and 46 RBIs. He's playing the Tigers. Again, really, really, really poor pitching lineup. For my daily fantasy sports player, I'm going to take Jose Abreu. Hey, oh, yeah. Jose Abreu, the dude who debuted at like 28 years old. It's crazy. The yep. White Sox fans are like, this prospect's so good. I'm like, he's already 28, but he is really good. I'll give you that. 
Yeah, it won't last too much longer, but we'll <laughs> nope. The rest of their team's stupid young though. So that's yeah. scary. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right. So I've decided to take another big dog off the board. I am going with Nick Castellanos for both my home run hitter and my daily fantasy. Kyle actually used Nick Castellanos in his daily fantasy, and I barely edged him out with one walk on the final day from Jared Walsh, and I got the dub. So he had 72 points when Kyle used him. So I'm hoping I can get 72 from him this week, at least that. Uh, But we will see. Um, So, yeah, let's go. We kind of briefly addressed it, but – Let's go to the mortal lock talk. So as you guys all know, me and Kyle have our gambling feud Twitter. And once a week, we are allowed to use a mortal lock, uh, which is worth five wins or five losses, essentially a five unit bet, whereas all of our others are one unit bets. Uh, And so we just the mortal lock talk is basically just our discussion of what we were thinking when we made the bet, you know, how the bet went and kind of how we're doing. Uh, so Kyle, I'll let you bat lead off as you did insane on your mortal locks. I wish I would have put five units on each of your mortal locks this last month, the month of May, because you lit it up, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, so my more, <clears throat> my last mortal lock of the month actually came up yesterday on Monday as we recorded, because I had a mortal lock for Sunday, uh, with the Mets and the Diamondbacks with DeGrom on the mound and uh that game got rained out so i got moved forward i didn't want to necessarily take that game just for the fact that it was rained out so i ended up taking the rays who are actually underdogs against the yankees but the rays had rich hill on the mound who has having a really really solid season so far and the yankees had jameson talion who was one and three with a 3.4 era so, I mean, I just didn't see where that why that was the case. Yankees did end up pulling it out, or I'm sorry, the Rays did end up pulling it out three to one. So that mortal lock hit. I did end up going four and one on the on the month with mortal locks. Unfortunately, it didn't really help me this month too much, but I, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it's still impressive nonetheless. And I was also on that Rays line. Um, that James Talion dude was trash. Uh, Rich Hill, his last three starts was like on fire. He pitched three really good outings and the Yankees just got swept by the Tigers. They just got swept by the Tigers. I think they won one game, maybe the first one or something. I don't know. They lost three in a row to the Tigers and the Rays had won like seven in a row. I mean, just a beautiful bet. I couldn't believe they were plus money. It made no sense, Kyle. Like the sportsbook was like, Hey, here's some free money. Just take the Rays at plus plus one ten. So yeah, it, it had to be, it had yeah. to be, because there was, there is no reason now, like when I saw that the Rays were playing the Yankees and I saw that the Rays were plus money, I'm like, okay, Garrett Cole's got to be on the mound. But then when I saw it's Jameson Talion, I'm like, oh my goodness. Two thumbs down, Talion, no way. Dude's been terrible. He used to pitch for Pirates, right? Probably that would explain why he's terrible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he used to play for the Pirates, and he was terrible there. So it it, it adds up. It um, does. Uh, how'd your mortal lock do? So the Wild and the Knights played Game Seven, and I I knew that there was no chance in hell the Wild would win. I just they they just don't have the clutchness. They don't have the playoff factory, and they're a Minnesota team. Everyone knows Minnesota teams in the playoffs don't do well. Heck, they don't do well in the regular season usually. I mean, 
So the Twins have lost a billion in a row to the Yankees in baseball. And I knew the Wild. I'm a Wild fan. I just knew they weren't winning that game. And the Wild got crapped on. I think it was like 6-2 to two or 6-1. I don't know what it was. Um, the, the Golden Knights were a lot of juice, minus 180. Uh, but it, I knew there was no way they were losing game seven. They're just a better team. They're at home. I mean, there's so many factors. I, the Probably the most I would have gone up to is minus 225. At that point, I might have debated about it. But other than that, that was going to be my max, even though I couldn't have used it as a mortal lock if they were minus 225. Uh, but I currently have a 21 and 12 NHL hockey playoff record betting wise. And there are some underdogs in there and there are some favorites in there. Um, but the Oilers are three of those losses. But yeah, the Knights were one of those wins. And I, yeah, I hope to keep my playoff record going well and maybe post a little article about my wins and losses. And who knows, maybe the most profitable team. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to the guest picker. And on to our next segment, the Guest Pick'em segment, sponsored by Pitchfork Ag. Pitchfork Ag is a Toro and Steel dealer in Lamar's, owned by me and DJ's Uncle Mike. They got lawnmowers, they got snowblowers, anything lawn and grass related or any just mechanical issues you might have, they do, they help with. Pitchfork Ag and Lamar's, great family-owned business. Me and DJ's cousins are all involved in it. We got a marketing person there. There's a sales manager there, just a very, very well family-owned business. So be sure you check out Pitchfork Ag in Lamar. So today we got on another guest competing in our guest pick'em segment. Everybody who's on is trying to be in the Elite Eight contest and they'll be, we'll have a prize at the end of the year of to be determined. And our Elite Eight, we're just going to are just going to knock it out, so we'll see what happens. But currently, our standings right now, we got a new man in first place. Pace Meyer, who was on the last episode, is in first place right now at plus 11.21 units. Uh, Alex Long is in second with plus 10.6 units. Our very first guest picker, Josh Campbell, Soup, is in third at plus 8.10 units. Tyler DeVos, founder of Muddy Bites, you heard earlier in the show, is at plus 4.38 units at fourth. Brody Carr, mean DJ's cousin and avid Hawks fan, is in fifth <laughs> at plus 3.74 units. Uh, sixth place is Lucas Parker, uh, writer of the intro song, at plus 2.39 units. Um, my high, a high school classmate of mine, Tyler Paulson, is in seventh at plus 2.3 units. And in eighth place is David Cardenas at plus plus 2.14 units. If you remember, David was the one who stormed onto Soldier Field and got a hug Lionel Messi. So the score to beat right now to be in the Elite Eight is that is plus 2.14 units. Obviously, if you want to be at the top, plus 11.21 units is where you're at. So, DJ, it sounds like we got a really cool guest picker for today. So let's get to it. Yeah, and that is an elite group of eight. I mean, man, they got stories and all of the stuff. So this is, this is going to be interesting. But, yeah, let's get to know our guest. Uh, so we got Alex Luch, my cousin, on. Alex, how you doing today, buddy? Good, good, good. Good. How are you guys doing? Had a long weekend. First day, first day back at work. Always super fun, but 
got, got through it. Got through it. How are you guys doing? There's all that matters. Same. You know, the first like two hours actually went by remotely fast. Yeah. And then the back half of the day, the back nine, man, it got me. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It gets it, you. Yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> Especially on that three day weekend. Like I was like, oh, I don't have to work. Dude, I took Friday off too. I had a four day weekend. <laughs> that <was> tough. <laughs> that is a tough transition. I, yeah. I, I tried pitching an idea to wean my boss to like wean me back into the work week. Like maybe I just worked half a day. And then, you know, I can yeah. go to well, three quarters of a day. Yep. Like, Thursday, I can get a full day. <laughs> yeah, full day. <laughs> Thursday, you got the solid day. Friday, obviously a half day because it's yeah, Friday. <laughs> obviously. I'm not a maniac. I'm not a barbarian. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. Um, what are you doing these days? Where are you chilling? I know you are located. I know where you're located, but the people, let the people know. Yeah, located Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, great faces, great places. <laughs> uh yeah i moved here uh shoot probably four or five years ago for my then girlfriend now wife she went to augustine in sioux falls um so yeah we just got married settled down here um i got a job with a financial institute not gonna say the name they don't really look fondly upon the gambling stuff so i'm not gonna say where i work but it's a bank big bank financial institution uh yeah so we're just hanging around sioux falls um have a year and a half old baby now. Her name's Quinn, keeping us real busy, real entertained. Starting to talk now. Starting to repeat what we say, so we really got to watch my mouth. It's tough. It's tough. Not going to lie. <laughs> Watching a game and hoping a bad hit. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. When she says fork and frog, it, it definitely sounds like the F word. So she's got to get her chin. That. Get her chin over, over, over. over. Yes, yep. <laughs> We're working on go Cubs go now. Okay, we'll get That's the over. Good. Yep. Oh yeah. You gotta have both. Oh, Which yeah. qu quickly you were just at a Cubs game. Yes, sir. And the the overhead. Overhead. Yes, the overhead. Uh seven point. Or wow. Excuse me. Seven run total. I'd hit pretty early, six inning or so. Have a lot of beverages in the bleachers so it, i don't know when it hit but it did uh, everyone around me was getting real annoyed with me because i kept saying the over's dead it's dead it's dead <laughs> it was like two to two the red scored it was uh and they tied it two to two i was like okay i got a chance here and then the Cubs just exploded for 10 so yeah i got i was cheering real loud everyone around me was probably so confused yeah, and then I saw in your story you had a what it's is the snake yeah. cup or a slinky cup? Uh, yeah, snake cup. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they call it. cup snake, snake cup. Yes, yeah, so that's all me and uh my wife's brother Robbie Gunner wanted to do make a, make a cup snake. <laughs> we had a, where's probably six of us, and then there's like six dudes in front of us, they were going hard too. So we combined all our cups together, and then it got big enough to hold. And then everyone around us just swarmed us because it's a pretty big deal in the Wrigley bleachers, those cup snakes. So it, it got pretty large pretty quick. <laughs> and then the girl holding it, she just turned around. She thought a dude was behind her to add a cup. And it was a security guard. <laughs> and he's like, oh. I got I got to take that. And she was just like, no, and shook her head. <laughs> and he like grabbed it. <laughs> it was a great, great Wrigley tradition. Um, but we were the first ones to start in left field. After us, there's probably about three or four other big ones that got going, but we were the first. I do get to say, that a awesome. boy, represent. <laughs> yes, it's yep. not your first time at the park. No, 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 sir. <laughs> <laughs> He's a veteran, he knows how to do the bleacher yep. seats. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, obviously, uh, transition a little bit here. 
you're a luch uh you used to work at luch farms i i remember working with you a couple times uh do you have i know i have kind of a funny story that you did but do you have any yep. crazy funny stories or anything that would be hilarious that you got off your bat or any just yeah. luch farms banner you have yeah i'll save yours my i know the story you're talking about. i'll save that for you that's a good one i think i know um gosh all all the ones i could can think of are, are around grandpa shout out Vernie still kicking um yeah i guess two two couple quick ones uh just driving around harvest with him he always likes to ride around the tractors once tom and kevin eventually finally stopped him from driving um <laughs> <laughs> he, he never liked our dogs so we had two dogs at one time and he was like just give me one shotgun and a one bullet and i'll take care of both those dogs at once for you <laughs> i was like grandpa we like the dogs we want you <laughs> He was never a fan at all. <laughs> never, never liked the farm dogs. Absolutely. Uh, then, yeah, last one, my all-time favorite, uh, filling up the bins. Yeah, he was just watching it. He wanted to see how full it was. I, I just climbed up there and looked in. It, it was, whatever, halfway full. He's like, I don't believe it. I'm going to go check it myself. The dude in his 90s easily gets up halfway, <laughs> turns around and shouts to me, get the 22 and shoot me. I'm not coming down. <laughs> No joke. <laughs> it was nuts. But I did. I climbed up, climbed up the ladder and helped him get down. But the, I, yeah, he scaled that thing, but he wasn't coming back down. <laughs> oh, that is gold. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't tell many people that one, but now it's oh, all there. for sure. For sure. Oh, man, that is good. Well, yes. my stories involve just you, Alex. So I don't yep. know if the, yep. Okay. I know, I know. <laughs> so this kind of transitions to my next part. Alex has long closed the yearbook of his high school days. It's, he's an adult now. He's got kids. You know, he's moved on. But I'm reopening that history book. Um, and Alex used to be one of the best pitchers in Galen history. Galen is the school we went to. Galen Catholic, shout out. Um, but yeah, you had, I mean, did you have the wins record or something? I honestly didn't do any research on what record you had, yeah. but you had some sort of record. Yeah, for sure. Still, uh, still do have the wins record for pitching. Um, I made sure to ask my nephew. Yeah. I closed the book a long time ago. My nephew's in high school <laughs> in place now. So I asked him if the record's still there and he said it was. So yeah, 29 career wins in four years in high school. I don't know. That's tough. I don't know if anyone will get there. I did the math. I think I went like five freshman year like six then seven and nine or whatever to get to 29 but it's a whole lot of dubs yeah i mean Point just there. a nasty lefty yes. yeah I, yeah yeah alex used to coach me uh in baseball and yep. he'd throw bp every now and then and i, I was a lefty <laughs> al was a lefty and yep. his bp was to just throw me high and inside which was not ideal coming from a lefty. And I would just be like, dude, what what the hell? And he'd be like, dude, that's the only way I, I know how to I pitch lefties. I can't pitch lefties. I just can't do it. <laughs> Even for BP, I cannot do it. So, yeah, you never got a good BP sesh. <laughs> so, now that you guys kind of understand that Alex was a pitching wizard, uh, this is during harvest, right? <laughs> and uh, we're, he's unloading uh, you know, a grain cart or a wagon of yep. you know, the, the corner – and he's unloading the corn. And so you got you got some time to kill because everything's pretty. Once you get it going, it's pretty just basic and you can kind of do whatever you want. So he's just, you know, chucking rocks and stuff as any <laughs> rational farmer does once they get bored. Obviously, and he's working on his pickoff move 
And he, he throws over to first base. Obviously, his lefties have those nasty pickoff moves. And it hits off the tire and into the tractor and breaks the window. Yeah, that <laughs> was so bad. I, oh, that was wild. I, I remember asking him, like, <laughs> what, like, what the hell happened? He's like, I was doing yeah, pickoff, pick-off moves. moves. <laughs> yeah, I was an idiot. I left the door open, too, so it was just not in a great spot. <laughs> Hey, after all those, after all those wins, I was, you know, top five in the state and for two years in strikeouts, trash pickoff move. I could just never pick anyone off. So I still work on it, you know, still to get that knee up and over. But yeah, one got away from me, <laughs> shattered a tractor window. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that I just I couldn't believe That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is iconic because like you don't you don't close the door because you got to go up in there yeah, up and so down yeah you yeah you leave the door open so like obviously the door's gonna be left open and you got some time to kill so you, you start throwing rocks i mean we've all done some weird stuff trying to kill time while that wagon's unloaded oh so i, I got i gotta ask what what tom's reaction to that was i gotta ask i honestly I don't, don't I don't know tom's i know my dad's he was pissed <laughs> he was really <laughs> real mad yeah he wasn't happy. I, I can't imagine Tom was too happy either. <laughs> yeah. <saying>. Then <laughs> in Luch Farms fashion, we fixed it by like, <laughs> I don't even know, adhesive glued on like a yep. piece of plastic so the wind wouldn't come in. Yeah. No, later, they weren't too happy. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's it's typical for Luch Farms or for something like that to happen. But, yep. <laughs> and they fixed it in the most typical fashion. I mean, redneck yeah, as possible. Yep. Uh, but super cost effective. So that's that's just how we do it. <sighs> okay. We got all the funny stories out of the way. Let's let's get on to sports, sports gambling. Let's get this thing going. So what sports teams are you a fan of? Yes, like we talked about at the jump, uh, Chicago Cubs, probably my longest, definitely professional team. Uh, yeah, again, showing my age. They were always growing up, they were always the only game on TV back then. They're always on WGN. Um, so they were just always on around. Um, so I would say Cubs are my longest. Uh, then college sports is probably my next go-to. Um, Iowa football, definitely love Iowa football. Yeah. Um, but I got to switch it up for basketball. More of a you and I guy. I went to Northern Iowa, so represent the Cats, but don't mind seeing the Hawks do well in basketball. Uh, I figured if I didn't bring it up, DJ probably would ask about the Terps, my affiliation. Uh, with Maryland, uh, college as well. That's probably my number two or three sports team out there. I've, I've always just liked them as a little kid. Uh, I think when I was like 10 years old, they beat Iowa in basketball or something. So I've always liked them since then. Plus, they have a sweet flag, sweet uniforms. People don't like their uniforms. So I think they're pretty cool. But yeah, pretty basic. So, yeah. okay, last shout out, Joe Flacco. He's my, <laughs> he's my professional athlete guy. <laughs> I think – you are his biggest fan, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't even think it's debatable. Yeah, probably your <laughs> PFT commenter. Yep, yep, so okay. Joe Flacco easily. I, I will stand on that hill. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, quickly, this yes. this man, Alex, was getting married. And he was getting married into a Texas family. His, his, his father-in-law, huge Texas guy, that entire their entire family, Texas, all the way. They're from Texas, his father-in-law was. Yep. And Maryland had just beat Texas that year. And there may have been, during the wedding speeches, five different references to Maryland beating Texas. Just like, I'm yes. in the family. Go, Maryland. <laughs> it was, cl- yes. it was awesome. 
I believe, I don't know. Yes, no, absolutely. We, I drove down to Austin with my wife and her siblings for that game. So I was there when Maryland beat Texas. Amazing day. <laughs> but yeah, for my wedding, I'm pretty sure one of the lines I said in my speech was, thanks everyone from Texas for coming up. Great state average football team. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, go. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. That was great. Um, so yeah, Joe Flacco, Ravens fan, obviously, right? Uh, yep, Ravens. Yep, yep. Man, the Knights, right? Knights, yeah. So never had a hockey team, really. Never really got into hockey. Uh, probably a great segue. Uh, sports, yeah, I guess is your guys' podcast. Sports gambling gets you guys gets you into, you know, watching sports. And yeah, never lot like hockey. Watched hockey until um, started betting on hockey, I guess. And then yeah, I'm in, I'm a Las Vegas Golden Knight from day one since they dropped the expansion, you know, cause you can't bandwagon on a, a team that's already been playing forever. So I'm like, I'm going to hop on this new team and they turned out to actually be really good. So it's been fun. And if I you, think they're one of the games we're going to talk about too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and if you ever need receipts, I remember your fandom <laughs> yeah. tweet. Yes. I mean, it came out. I remember your tweet. I, I don't know what it said. All I know is yep. that you announced your I, allegiance to the I, I pledge my allegiance. I was <laughs> I was legit gonna look up, look it up on Twitter to find the date, <laughs> but I know I did it real early. Yep. Oh yeah. They hadn't played a game yet. I know <laughs> nope. that. Yep. For sure. Yep. All right. So I guess how did you start sports gambling and what yes. sports do you like to gamble on? Yes, great question. Uh, mainly football. I'm just getting into the other sports a little more now. Um, cause I'll get into my backstory, but it's just easier now doing everything online, betting on the other sports. Um, uh, so getting into it, uh, DJ probably knows at Northern Iowa, I worked at the other place, sports bar, pizza place and university. And I'm pretty sure the backbone of working in bars and service industry is sports gambling in the kitchen. So kind of how I got into it, you know, you know, someone that knows someone that knows someone who actually knows someone that runs a big book in the state of Iowa. So I had a distant connection there. So in college, you know, you'd wake up Saturday, Sunday morning, sit there, you'd wait for the email because you had to get the email spread sent out to you. Um, and then you'd forward them off to any of your buddies that wanted to gamble that day. Uh, then you got to get your picks in. It's like at least 15 to 20 minutes before kickoff or they won't be able to text it in in time. Oh, just some crazy stuff. But yeah, it all started during the NFL playoffs. Uh, I don't remember what year I was. I think when the Packers beat the Steelers that year, we were just first getting into gambling. Obviously, everyone loves betting the overs. We just hammered every over, and it was just hot. So we were just hitting left and right. So we were like, "Oh, sweet! Next time football comes around next fall, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna dominate. We got this. We're sharks. I, I really haven't had a winning season since. <laughs> that's how it goes." <laughs> I yeah, like got it. <laughs> I feel like that's how everyone starts. Like they start off 100%. super hot. And hundred percent. You're just like, this is easy. This is free money. And then wham, reality. No, yes. Beginner's luck is a real thing in sports gambling. One hundred percent. Like everyone that comes on, like, yeah, I started off well and then I just went cold. <laughs> oh yes. One hundred percent. Oh man. Like but even you, Kyle, me, everyone I know, honestly. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, you start on a heater. But, yeah, no, for the ones I like, definitely footballs. Uh, college is probably my favorite. Um, but, yeah, getting into hockey this year and the last year, hockey betting is wild. It's intense, especially in the playoffs. I love yeah. it. Oh, it, the games are crazy, and, yeah, it's I, I do love it. So, quickly, uh, 
Eric said that Joe was the hockey guy and yep. you were the baseball guy. So, yeah, Eric. He's a yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Joe, my other brother. He he's he does well in hockey. He does well in hockey for sure. Um, he is, you know, he's Joe Public. Literally, that's his name. So he likes taking favorites and you know aces and starting pitchers and minus two hundreds. Not about that life. I like you know finding a good spot, finding a dog, taking them. Um, you know, better odds for sure. So yeah, I, I would say I'd probably do, I'll just, yeah, do better in baseball than Joe. I'll say it. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So you're the, you're the baseball guy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We prepared this card specifically for you. So oh, boy. each card we prepare, obviously we want the three major sports, NBA, NHL, and MLB right now. Um, and then we tailor, you know, if you're more of an MLB guy or if you're a soccer guy, like the Muddy Bites, Tyler DeVos, then we'll, okay. we'll, you know, we transition it to everybody's, you know, tailoring to their skills. So we got you more baseball games than NBA or NHL, yep. which I think you'll appreciate. Um, yes, for sure. I hope it bodes well. But Kyle, you ready to get some games, buddy? I am. Real quick, DJ, before we dive in, I do want to give a shout out to Alex. He had one of the funniest tweets i can remember dj you and i had uh when we hosted the trivia contest we had that whole screen gate with with toast and stuff like that and and toast went out and said you know i flat out didn't cheat and alex tweeted at him and said you got to put more respect on <laughs> yep. you gotta know it yeah oh you gotta know that i mean come on she's the, like the question was the leading score of all time i believe yeah yep Yep. So yeah. no, that was really funny. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. I love responding to all your, honestly, I, I know you, who you two are. I don't really know anyone else. I know I called it the Kota Capper family last, last Saturday or whatever, <laughs> but I just love following you guys and liking your tweets and responding and, you know, RIP toast rip. See the one that, yeah, he gone. Yeah. Yep. RIP. He, <laughs> he's still very much alive, but he's what, still- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Good job. No, he just he just deactivated his gambling Twitter or something. I don't know. It was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, can't see the tweets anymore. But yeah, DJ, let's do it. Let's dive into the let's dive into the card. So uh, Alex kind of got the rundown. For those of you that don't know, Alex gets five units per game. He can disperse that however he chooses. He can go three in the money line, two on the spread, one in the over-under. He can use all five and one of the three, <clears throat> or he also doesn't have to use all five at all. It's up to him, but his goal ideally is to get in that elite eight, get in that contest at the end of the year. So that is what he is shooting for. So before we dive into the MLB games that he's more looking forward to, let's do a NBA playoff game. So we got a really, really solid game. DJ predicted it was going to be one of the most electric series in the NBA first round. So far, he's been right, and that is the Hawks and the Knicks. Game time right now is set for Wednesday, for tonight at 6.30 on TNT. The line right now is set at the Knicks minus one and a half and an over-under of 220. Currently, the Hawks are leading the series three to one, and the under has hit three out of those four games. Uh, no significant injuries from teams that have put for players that have played on this team this playoff. It should be a full healthy squad. So DJ, why don't you have some trends for this game? Yes, sir. Good job, Kyle. So, yeah, the Hawks, 42, 33, and one at covering the spread this season. 17, 20, and one against the spread on the road. Four and one in their last five and six and four in their last 10. 
The Knicks 46 and 29 and one. Who would have bet that at the beginning of the year? Uh, many here. Literally no one. No one would have bet that. This is just insane. But anyway, 46 29 and one at covering the spread this season. 23 14 and one at home. One and four in their last five, as the Hawks have kind of had their number. And four and six in their last 10. And then some over under trends here quick. The Hawks 36 and 40 hitting the over. This season, 19-19 on the road, one and four in their last five, four and six in their last 10. And the Knicks, 33 and 43 at hitting the over this season, 17 and 21 at hitting the over at home, one and four in their last five, three and seven in their last 10. And there's some pretty good guard play and just all around, I would say, underrated talent on both sides as these teams are not highly marketed. Uh, They don't have any superstars uh, you could debate. But Kyle, who are you watching in this game? DJ, it's the battle of the point guards. Just for the Hawks, Trey Young's just been having an unbelievable series so far, averaging 27 and a half points per game and 10 assists. And, you know, he nailed that game winner in game one, silenced Madison Square Garden. So he's going to be looking to have a good game to finish off this Knicks team. But the Knicks have finally realized they needed to start Derrick Rose. And Derrick Rose, back in the starting lineup, is doing really, really, really solid. 22.7 points per game this series and five assists you know I think this game this series is probably not going to stop in New York I think it's gonna have to go back to Atlanta if the Hawks are gonna win it I like New York minus one and a half in this game I also like the under of 220 so those will be my two plays for that game Kyle you read my mind which probably means that we are both wrong but the under's the move we're just following the trends here. They've, they've hit the under. They've been trending under. Just just ride the trend until it doesn't work. That's how I ended up riding Loyola for the first, like, or not Loyola, Drake. I rode Lo- Drake right. for the first 11 games of the college basketball season because they just kept covering. So you just ride the wave. So I'm going to ride the under wave here. And I also like the Knicks. D-Rose, 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 the Lil Pump song. Not a very good song, but it does. I mean, D-Rose was one of the most electric players MVP D Rose was insane. And then he gets hurt and RIP, but he's back. And like I said, this is just two underrated fun squads. So I'm on the Knicks. I'm on the under Alex. What do you got, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a good series. Should be a good game. Can I get 220 locked in for the total? I'm seeing something different guys. Kyle, have you botched the over? I have not I have not botched the over. 220 was what I had it at whenever I first looked and opened at as well, and that's what a lot of places had it at. But Okay, that's wild because it's been a low-scoring series the last couple of games. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll get to that pick later. Um, I definitely been the point guard show for the series. Julius Randle hasn't showed up like he has all season. Um, I know people were expecting him to have a um, breakout playoff career or series after winning uh comeback player of the year i believe he won uh but no i'm rolling with trey young this dude is money um also shout out soup rolling with kevin herter former terp on the hawks baby let's go um i'm gonna go well i'm definitely gonna roll three units on that under for sure because i love the under 220 and i'm actually going two units hawks money line trey young going cold I got two player props that are extra for the fans that are listening. Trey Young total points, rebounds, assist over 38 and a half. Lock it in. Ooh. 
I like it. So, yeah, I, I just happened to check the over myself. It is significantly <laughs> yeah. different than that over of 220. I mean, we're talking okay. a 12-point difference, if that if that's in the range of your CNL. Yeah, I've seen 208. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing 208. <laughs> that's um, crazy. I, I saw it 220 somewhere, but. I must have opened hot. It, the last couple of games were like 206, 209. So, it's right around there, I would say. Um, so, if it was 208, would you still want the under? Not. Uh, not for three. Yeah. It'll be, I'll, I'll do. I'll change that to a one. But I still like the Hawks money line for two. I mean, they're getting a point and a half, so you might as well just go money line with it. Yeah, you, they're either gonna win or they're gonna lose. Yeah, There's exactly. no way they lose by one. That's yeah. Go, go go with that two. Go with that two oh eight. Two oh eight. Yeah. I, I, I swore I saw it two twenty places. So if you see two twenty anywhere, hop on that under. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Take out a long. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's different when like we have it at two oh nine and it's two oh eight. Yeah, like, right. Something small like that. Twelve yeah. points. We gotta we gotta make sure to get it. <laughs> I mean, we was just handing out free money at that point. Yeah. All right. So one unit on the under of two oh eight and two units on the Hawks money line. Hawks money line. Yeah. You want to throw anything on that Trevor or Trey Young prop? If you let me. Oh, for sure. You can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. He didn't hit the last two. Um. His he didn't hit the last two totals. You know, he's coming back to the Mecca, shushing the crowd. He's going to be ready to roll. Um, so, yeah, I'll just do the extra two on there. I'm, I'm, like I told DJ before I started, I'm coming for this thing. I'm either going to go, you know, top one to four, or I'm going going to the bottom. So, let's have some fun with it. I don't if think you, you'll be minus 14 like Toad. <laughs> Ricky Bobby once said, if you ain't first, yeah, you're yeah, last. Sure. And I, I know you live by that principle. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's our first – Prop bet on the show too, DJ. So ah, I love it. No, Kyle, that's a lie. Someone took oh. Jose Ramirez did a home run. B Russ took Jose Ramirez did a home run plus like two fifty. Oh, I don't remember that. But. I got the receipts. <laughs> but anyway, I, I do encourage nice, prop bets. I do encourage yeah, branching fun. out, doing yep. something crazy. Absolutely. Once bet on Justin Jefferson to get over four and a half catches. He had like seven. Easy money. No doubt. Who, who would put it at four yeah. and a half? It was stupid. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, get this boat rolling before we get derailed and sunk. Absolutely. So uh, let's do a little NHL action. So we got tonight at nine o'clock on NBC Sports Network. We got the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Colorado Avalanche. This is game two of the series after the Avalanche beat the Golden Knights 7-1 to one in game one. The line right now is set at Vegas plus 155, Colorado minus 190, and an over-under of 5.5, minus 115 trending over. So, DJ, what do we got for trends on this game? Yeah, so, I mean, these are two great teams. The Knights 40-14-2 on the money line this season, 19-9 on the road, which is very impressive. 5-5 uh, five and five in their last 10. And the Avalanche have just been on an insane tear. Uh, so they're 39-13-4 this season at covering the money line. 22-4-2 record at home, which is just insanity. And 10-0 and in their last 10. I mean, they just destroyed the Blues. They dismantled the Knights in the first game. Uh, so they are looking like an unstoppable machine. And then over-unders here, the Knights are 28, 26, and 2 at hitting the over this season. 12, 14, 2 on the road. The Avalanche, 27, 28, and 1 at hitting the over. 
14 and 14 at home. So the trends don't say much about the over under uh, Kyle players. Who are you looking for in this game? Yeah, for the Golden Knights, for some reason, Marc-Andre Fleury didn't start game run one for the Golden Knights. I, I'm going to guess after the one goal, you have seven goals that he's going to start. But he has a four and three career record against Colorado with a 92 percent save percentage against them. So I think if he does start, that could help them beneficially. It could benefit them a lot. And then for the Avalanche, I'm looking at Nathan McKinnon, who has 11 points this playoffs with seven goals and four assists so he's been on an absolute tear uh alex i know you're a golden knights fan man i want to root for him but i just think the avalanche are going to win the stanley cup so i'm going to take Av- i'm going to take avalanche puck line wow Whoa. two, okay. two okay. bold predictions okay. not only are they going to win the stanley <laughs> yeah, cup yeah. but they're going to win the puck line wow kyle you are just bold you got the the bold flavor today wow okay um, I really can't get a read on this game because minus 190 for the Avalanche is so much juice. Um, but the Avalanche are home are just a monster. They're a unit. I mean, 22 and four with two overtime losses at home, which is basically 22 and six at home. That's just insane. But minus 190 is a lot of juice. So I'm going to go with the surprise play here. Fleury's in the goal. Under five and a half is what I'm going with. Uh, I just I think it'll be a two one game, a three one game. I don't know who's winning. I just I just don't see a lot of scoring. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I, I really don't have a good feel for this game, as the juice is just really really messing me up. But Alex, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, no bold pick. The under wild. Uh, no, like you said, the Avs have been pumping people. They've just been dominating as of late. Um. Knights went seven um, with the Wild, you know, so they were, they were tired. Rest versus rust. Um, Avs came out on fire. Obviously dominated, like you said. Knights just got embarrassed. Uh, Flurry's going to be back in the goal. I, I just got to do it out of pride. I got to take Knights. I'm just going to do one unit plus one and a half just because I, just I got to take them. Can't take the Avs, but no, Avs are a wagon. Uh, but no, throw me two units on that over. I actually like that over. Five and a half is pretty low. Uh the abs feel like they can just score at will. So, you know, if they sneak in a late goal, I don't hit that plus one and a half. We'll get that over. So that's what I'm rolling with here. Hopefully it's a closer game than seven one. I'll, I will say that. It's fun. Okay. And with, with playoff hockey, I mean, it, it gets so competitive that the oh, yeah. like trends over. Yeah. See, I didn't mind. I, I didn't expect seven to one, but I had that over five and a half. For, oh yeah. For, uh, for that and that helped me a lot so i did so i didn't mind that but uh right yeah <laughs> that helps absolutely well let's transition a little bit more of alex's wheelhouse here and let's end the card with three mlb games so tonight we got a really really solid game between the mets and the diamondbacks game time is at 2:40 this afternoon uh this is the sixth matchup of the season the mets lead the series four 4-0, and the fifth game is currently being played as we record. The line right now for the game is set at Mets minus 120, Arizona plus 100, and an over-under of 8.5. Uh, DJ, what do we got for probable pitchers and trends? Yeah, so probable pitchers, we have David Peterson, the lefty, who is 1-4 on the season with a 4.91 ERA. He does have 49 strikeouts in 44 innings, which is solid. His uh, team record, the Mets record, when David Peterson starts, is three and six. 
and the over-under is five and four. Now, an interesting note, when David Peterson pitches on the road, his team record is one and four, and the over is four and one. And the D-backs hitters are three of seven against David Peterson. Uh, not a big sample size. Uh, he basically pitched one and two-thirds innings, and he got lit up for three runs, and they got him out of that game. Uh, so very small sample size, but the D-backs have lit him up. Recent performance, uh, Peterson gave up six runs and three in, or gave up three runs and six innings. Wow, dyslexia. Uh, and three strikeouts, three walks to the Rockies. He gave up three runs in four and two-thirds innings with five strikeouts against the Braves, uh, two runs in seven and a third innings with nine strikeouts against the Rays. So kind of all over the map, but he's probably going to give up three or two runs in roughly five to six innings. Uh, and then Madison Bumgarner, the dude has been around forever. He's as old classic to baseball as you can get. The, you got this new wave coming in, and Mad Bum's trying to keep it the old way. Uh, very against celebrating, and a lot of things will make Mad Bum mad, but he's not been pitching well. They are paying him way too much money. He's a 4-5 and five record with a 5.15 ERA. He has 60 strikeouts in 57 and two-thirds inning. Uh, the Diamondbacks' record when Mad Bum starts is 4-7, and seven, and the over is 6-4. and four. Uh, At home, he's 2-2, two and two, but the over is 4-0. and oh. So we got a 4-0 oh over versus a 4-1 over. I'm kind of liking the over just preemptively. Um, the Mets are 16 of 52 against Mad Bum in their career. They've had eight runs and four dingers. Uh, this is a crazy trend, though, that I found. Madison Bumgardner is 7-0, and and his team's record is 9-1 and when he faces the Mets with a 1.63 ERA. Uh, now, his most recent start was July 2019, so that is a little dated but he has just historically dominated the Mets. Recent performance, he gave up six runs in four innings to the Cards, gave up five runs in six innings against the Rockies, and then two runs in four innings against the Dodgers. And then some team trends, the Mets on the year record-wise, 26-20, 11 and 15 on the road, five and six against lefties, six and four in last 10. Diamondbacks, 19 and 36 on the season, 10 and 15 at home. Three and ten against lefties, and one and nine in their last ten. Just gross, right there. Uh, over under trends here: the Mets are 19, 23 and two at hitting the over. 14, 10 and one on the road. Three and eight against lefties, and five, four and one in their last ten. Diamondbacks 28, 26 and one at hitting the over. 15 and nine at home. Eight and four at hitting the over against lefties. Five, four and one. Uh, in their last 10. Uh, Kyle, a lot of a lot of people. I see one guy on the list who you know I love, but Kyle, who are you looking out for in this game? Yeah, DJ. So for the Mets, I'm I'm watching how Pete Alonso plays. He's kind of been their star and been the reason they've been as successful as they have been this year. Batting 242, seven home runs and 23 RBIs. And DJ, he won me this week in Daily Fantasy. And I know you're big on him. Eduardo Escobar is who I'm looking at for the Diamondbacks. 235 ERA with 13 home runs and 39 RBIs. I believe DJ said during that week I had him, he was on a seven-game hit streak. So that's something pretty crazy there. So DJ, you know I'm big on just some crazy parlays every now and then. So I got two, mm. some two crazy, crazy things. You can do it straight up or you can do it parlayed. But 
I always, always, always hate going no run first inning when Madison Baumgartner is on the mound. He just always ends up getting a run in the first inning. So my parlay is this, a run in the first inning parlayed with an over four and a half first five. Wow. I like it. I like it, Kyle. You got you to mix it up sometimes. You've been bold. You're on a bold wave today, and I like <laughs> it. I like it. Uh, I like it. Be bold. Yeah. So every day, Eddie's a goat. Um, the thing is, it doesn't matter what the day is. Every day, Eddie's going to be in the lineup, and he's going to be playing some position, and he's going to be hitting. Uh, and the over of eight and a half seems crazy low to me. I mean, you got a 4.9 ERA against a, what, 5.15 over. I mean, it's just ridiculous that it's eight yeah. and a half. It should be nine. It should be nine and a half. Uh, and the trends, I mean, four and one when David Peterson pitches on the road. And when Mad Bum pitches at home, it's 4-0. and So that's combined those two. It's 8-1, and one, the over is. I just – I see no – other than Mad Bum's recent perfor- or performance historically against the Mets, which is so dated and back when Mad Bum was actually Mad Bum and not this older version who sucks. So I'm all on the over, baby. Let, let's give me the over. Give me the over or give me death. That's what I'm saying. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, yikes. Um, you guys throw a lot of great nuggets there. Love it. Uh, I've – yeah, I agree. Unders or totals low, eight and a half. But just the Mets, I just I just don't trust their offense. Uh, really, I guess I just pay attention when the Grom's throwing and they score like two runs a game for him because they just are addicted to not giving him runs. <laughs> Whenever I think of the Mets offense, I don't think of runs. Um, they are looks like Mets are on like a five game winning streak. Oh, they yep. won the five uh, five of the last five. Diamondbacks one of their last four. Diamondbacks not a great team. Love the stat you threw out. Uh, Mets starting pitchers. Uh, the Mets are one and four when he starts on the road. Uh, but I'm going to roll with that trend. I'm going to roll with the D backs. Madison Bumgarner's going. Uh, I think he's country boy strong. I think he's from the country, something like that. Another fun fact about him he once dated a girl named Madison Bumgarner. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know what the juice is. Probably, probably up there, but give me two units on one and a half. Plus one and a half, and then one unit on uh, money line. D backs, they got to win a game at some point, right? Why not win this one? Plus, it's during the day. What did you say? Two o'clock in the desert. Mets don't want to play that. I like, I like it. it. And, yeah. Yep, stay away from the total. I just don't trust the Mets. Fair enough. It's smart, dude. The Mets can come up one day and they can drop 12 on you. Yeah. And then oh, they yeah. can go a week without scoring. It, it's crazy. I just don't get it. With the lineup they have, it doesn't make any sense. Kyle, I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Just cut me off. Move on to the next game. There you go. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So let's do another uh, baseball game tonight, night game at 8, 10 p.m. We got the Cardinals and the Dodgers. This is the third match of the season. The Dodgers won game one, nine to four. And the second game is currently being played as we record. The line right now is set at St. Louis plus 195. Dodgers minus 215 and an over-under of eight. DJ, what do we got for probable pitchers and trends here? Yeah, so we got some interesting characters. I'm going to try and take my bias out of this. Uh, So we have Carlos Martinez, three and four on the year, 4.22 ERA, 30 Ks in 53.3 innings pitch, which is just laughable. (laughs) (laughs) 30 Ks in 53 innings. Are you kidding me? But I'm going to cut myself off. Uh, Team record. So the Cardinals record when Carlos Martinez pitches four and five 
and the over-under is five and four. Dodgers hitters are three of 10 against Carlos Martinez with one run. So that literally tells you nothing. Such a small sample size. Recent performance, he gave up three runs in six innings against the Diamondbacks, two runs in six innings against the Cubs, and five runs in five innings against the Rockies. And then on the mound for the Dodgers, the big dog who the juice is all behind, Walker Bueller. He's 3-0 and in the season with a 2.66 ERA, 62 Ks in 64 and the third innings. Cardinal hitters are 8 of 52 against this guy, which is a 154 ERA. They do have five runs and two dingers. Uh, it is uh, – you got to note that a majority of those at-bats of the Cardinal hitters come from Nolan Arenado. He is 5 of 29 against Walker Bueller with a 1.72 ERA or 1.72 batting average, not ERA. That's crazy. Um, and two home runs. Uh, so a lot of those at-bats. So it doesn't really tell us much because most of the at-bats are coming from Nolan. Uh, Walker Bueller's record or the, the team record, the Dodgers record, when Walker Bueller pitches – Six and four, and the over is six and four. Recent performance, he gave up one run in six innings against the Giants, one run in seven innings against the Giants, and zero runs in seven innings against the Diamondbacks. Um, three teams that are, or two teams that are not very offensively gifted, but he did pitch well. Uh, so now some money line trends. The Cardinals, record wise this year, 30 and 24, 15 and 14 on the road, 23 and 21 against right handed pitching. Five and five in their last 10. Dodgers 32 and 22 at or record wise this season, 18 and nine at home, 21 and 16 against right handed pitching, and six and four in their last 10. And then quickly here, some over under trends the Cardinals 26, 24 and three at hitting the over, 16, 11 and two on the road, 21 and 20 against right handed pitching, five and five in their last 10. And the Dodgers 29 and 24 and one at hitting the over this season, 15, 11, and one at home, 23, and 13 against right-hand pitching, seven and three in their last 10. Um, a lot of big stars in the lineup is there two uh, postseason potential teams. Kyle, who are you looking out for in this game? Uh, DJ, you mentioned this guy before, but Nolan Arenado is a big reason for the Cardinals' success this year. 279 batting average, 11 home runs, and 35 RBIs. I'll be interested to see how he fares against Mr. Bueller here. And then for the Dodgers, I've mentioned this guy last week, but I'll mention him again. Max Muncy is just having a great season so far. 279 batting average with 13 home runs and 30 RBIs. So, gosh, minus 215 is a lot of juice to take. I don't think the Cardinals are going to pull it off against Bueller. So I think the value move here to take the least amount of juice in the – and this, this really isn't that bold considering just how much juice it's going to take. The value move for this game is Dodgers minus 0. 0.5 first five. Yeah, that's that's solid. Uh, so Carlos Martinez is buns. He's trash. He was a, he's just he's not good. Uh, he's 4.2 ERA is OK, I guess. But he just doesn't strike through doubt. He walks. I just I'm not a fan of him. At all. And Walker Bueller has been really good. 2.66 ERA is solid. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I think I'm going with you, Kyle. I'm going Dodgers minus 0.5 for the first five. I'm going Dodgers minus one and a half. And I might also bet the Dodgers over for runs, the, the team over. Uh, so I think it'd be like four, four and a half, five-ish. And I just think they're going to light up Martinez because he's trash. He's not good. 
Um, and I think Bueller's going to melt them down. It's just, that's just how it is. Their, their best hitter, Nolan Arenado, he, he has a domination against. He's Nolan Arenado's 5 of 29, which is 172. I mean, it's just embarrassing. It's, it's all Dodgers. And I hate saying this as a Cubs fan, but it's, it's all Dodgers tomorrow or today. Anyway, Alex, what do you got? You guys nailed it all. Every, literally everything I was thinking, you guys, you guys, said, it. You guys said it all. We got a script in our hands. Dealers bed lights out, man. Uh, Cardinals pitcher, I, I don't even want to say his name wrong. Um, hasn't been great. Um, Bueller's gone. His last five starts, he's gone. Six innings twice. I think seven innings three times. DJ mentioned his runs. He's just not giving up runs. I love that minus 0.5 first uh, first five innings, uh, which means if we all three love it, you're probably not going to hit. But I'm yep. hitting. <laughs> that is exactly. Oh, no, no. Give me that. Give me that. Minus, uh, minus 0.5 first five. Three units. Um, Kyle mentioned earlier, so much juice. I was going to lay all five units on Dodgers money line. I don't know if that's worth it. That's uh, so I'm just sticking with that first five there. Um, DJ threw a lot, uh, some good trends out for that total. Um, I think seven of the last three was at um, seven and three. I think the Dodgers are the last 10 and then cards yep. on the road. Um, they're just hitting overs. Um, so yeah, I'll lay a couple, I'll do uh, two units on, on that over eight. You know, Dodgers, they could explode for eight themselves. Like DJ said, that over over Dodgers total line might be decent look, to look at too, but I'll take the, the game total. Yeah, it's not a bad move. I honestly see the Dodgers scoring at least six, yeah, and the Cardinals can scrape by two yeah. easily. Yeah, uh, easily. That's a minimum circumstances. So hopefully it's a 7-3 game. Yep. Dodgers win. It's Dodgers fun. cover minus first five. I mean, that's what's going to happen. We're just predicting <laughs> the future here. Exactly. We're giving it to you right now. Yep, exactly. You want to go to a psychic? Well, you can come to us right now. <laughs> Dodgers, cash it in. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, one thing we all agree on, it's a good thing we all agree on it, but we're all big Cubs fans. We got to end the, the pod with a Cubs game. They're playing today at 120 uh, in the afternoon against the Padres at home. This is the third match of the season. The Cubs won. The first game, seven to two. The second game is being played as we record. The Cubs are currently up two to nothing in the bottom of the second. The line right now is set at San Diego plus 100, Chicago minus 110, and and no over-under has been set yet. So, uh, DJ, what do we got for pitchers and trends? First off, DJ's bold projection, the over-under is going to be set at about eight runs, give or take half. It, it will not be higher than eight and a half, and it will not be lower than seven and a half. Because uh, that's because we have two pretty decent pitchers. Uh, uh, Dillison, Dill Nelson, I don't know how to say his name. Lamette basically is what I call him. He's 1-0 on the year, 2.57 ERA. He has 15 Ks in 14 innings. Uh, the Padres record when Lamette is pitching, 2-2, two, two and two, and the over-under is 1-3. and three. Cubs hitters uh, against Lamette. Eight of 26, they've scored five runs and two homers, uh, and that's a 308 average, which solid uh, resume against him. Uh, so his last start, he gave up two runs and in three innings. Uh, basically, he was injured to start the year, uh, from my understanding, and so they've been kind of uh, weaning him back into the starting pitching. So he's done a lot of relieving, uh, and so he hasn't really – so that's his only start. Uh, for the Cubs, the only bright spot in this pitching rotation is their young gun, Albert Azale. I mean, this dude, 
Record-wise, he's only three and four, but a 3.81 ERA. I want to say the dude's like 24 years old. I mean, super young, 51 Ks in 49 innings. The Cubs record when Azale pitches four and five, and the over-under is also – or the over is four and five. Padre hitters have not faced Azale yet, as obviously he's a young gun. And his last starts, he gave up zero runs in five and two-thirds innings with six strikeouts against the Reds. Uh, and then he faced the Cards, uh, two runs in seven innings with six strikeouts. And then the Nationals, three runs in six innings uh, with three strikeouts. He's been looking good as of lately. Uh, the Padres, money line uh, or record-wise, they're 34-21 and 21 on the season, 16-11 and 11 on the road, 28-18 and 18 against right-handed pitching, 6-4 and four in their last 10. And the Cubs, the team of May, baby, the team of May, lighting it up 30 and 23 on the season, 19 and 10 at home, 18 and 20 against right handed pitching, and eight and two in their last 10. I mean, just a unit. Um, and then over under trends here Padres 29 and 26 at hitting the over, 18 and nine at hitting the over on the road, 24 19 against right handed pitching, eight and two in their last 10 at hitting the over and the Cubs 29, 20 or 21, 29 and three at hitting the over uh, 11, 17 and one at home, 14 and 24 at hitting the over against right-handed pitching and three and seven in their last 10. A very surprising. They've been doing it with pitching, not with hitting uh, Kyle, a lot of stars. I'm biased as always, but a lot of stars <laughs> on the diamond today. Who are you looking out for? No, you nailed on the head, DJ. So for the Padres, you got a guy who might be in the running for MVP at the end of the year if he keeps this up. You don't know. We don't know for sure. But that's Fernando Tatis Jr. batting dang near 300, uh, 299 batting average, 16 home runs, and 37 RBIs. And for the Cubs, we got Javier Baez uh, batting with a 260 batting average, 13 home runs, and 36 RBIs. So to wrap up this show, I just – the Padres have been struggling against the Cubs. I think I bet against Alzoli the last time, and he – I'm not doing that again, so I'm going to take <laughs> Cubs' money line. I like it. I mean, Alzoli – people love to just – like, I heard a lot of people had a lot of hate on Alzoli because he started out the season rough. But, dude, Jose Barrios came up in the league three different times. At three different times, he got shelled. But the fourth time he came up to the Twins, he lit it up, and he's been an ace ever since. That's how it works. It takes some time. Uh, so, hopefully, Azale's got it figured out. And Lamette has been around for a decent amount. He's still super young. But I like the under here. I'm assuming the wind's blowing in. I The wind can be blowing out, but I'm assuming the wind's blowing in. And I just, you know, the Cubs have been an under train. They've been squeaking enough runs across to win. Uh, the Padres have gone a little cold as of recent as the Cubs have. They're up 2-0 today. They beat them yesterday, 7-2. Uh, I just, I like the under eight here. If it's, if it's eight and a half, I'm for sure taking it. If it's nine, I'm all over it, baby. If it's seven and a half, no way in hell. Um, eight is kind of 50, 50. I think it's gonna be eight and a half. So I'm, I'm all on the under here. You got two great pitchers. Um, and I just, I just see like a four, two game five, five, two, you know, just something where it's going to hit the under of eight. That, that's what I'm feeling. I don't want to piss around with the money line. Cause we have two pitchers that are solid. Uh, so I'm sticking away from that, even though it is a pick them. 
Uh, but Alex, what do you got? Wrap it up, wrap the show up. What are you ending with? All right, let's go. Yeah. Ozile has been dealing. Um, yeah, like I said, three and four record, but his outings have all been solid. Three of his four runs have been my um, three of his four losses have only been by one runs. Um, they've all been tight games. He has had some great outings as of late. Um, speaking of my Chicago trip, he was thrown on Friday. We had 13 rolls up from the Cubs dugout. It was 46 degrees and like raining. So we decided <laughs> to sell our tickets and not go. Uh, but he dealt that game too. So it would have been good to see there. Uh, yeah, Cubs are hot. They are bandaged together. They uh, Rizzo actually came back tonight, I think. I think Rizzo's back. So that gives um, – so that's good. Uh, glad to see him back. Um, I, I had a bit in here about checking the store, score, but you guys already did that. It's 2 nothing still. Uh, the Cubs are on a 16-day stretch right now, 16 days, 16 games, 16 days. This is their ninth game out of 16. They go out to San Fran tomorrow for three, then San Diego again for three after that. Uh, I, I just – the Padres, wearing my, my pods hat here. Uh, I, I have every team in the MLB except the cards. I don't know if I'll ever buy a cards hat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Padres offense is too good to be held down for three straight games. I'm a Cubs homer. Love the Cubs. If they win tomorrow, I might be all the way in on the season. I'm, like, basically there. But if they sweep the pods, I, I'm all the way in. So, you know, give me the plus money. Just give me two, uh, two units of Padres money line. And this is my new favorite thing to do for player props. Lock of the pod. Parlay, Fernando Tatis, Jock Peterson, both to get a hit. Uh, it just a, a fun, heartwarming story to end the, end the pod. Why I picked Jock. There's a little boy sitting behind us in left field. It was the ninth inning. We were all feeling really well by then. We were screaming at Jock before, before the inning started. Uh, he throws his ball to, to the outfield. I was sort of screwing for this kid to get the ball. He threw it up to him. The guy caught it and gave it to this little kid, made his day. So big time Jock Peterson fan now. I've seen that. That was real cool. Nice. Let's go. That's our first yeah. ever parlay. Yes, it sir. It is. And only our second ever prop bet, too. So I mean, he really threw in all, all kinds of I that. Love, yeah. Love prop bets. Love mixing it up. Can't take favorites every game. <laughs> yep, he's a seasoned vet, and he's speaking of my pro betting tip of the week was when you got to bet underdogs. So yes, you get it. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, Alex, thanks for coming on, bud. You've been one of the most active people. You and Eric are yes. <laughs> one and two for most active with Dakota Cappers. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, Joe chips in every now and then. But, I mean, you two. Yeah. Joe's a just, hater, though. Joe just rags on your picks when you lose. Yeah, I like, I like having fun with everyone. No, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. So thank you for being active. Absolutely. And we encourage people to be be more like Alex. Yeah. Be active. Yes, sir. Bet, have fun. Yep. Let's go. Just, Let's just go. Start throwing rocks at things. Who knows? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Work I'm on your pickoff totally move with rocks. <laughs> Watch out for them tractors. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> but no, it's been super fun having you on, yes, buddy. Sir. This and is great. This is a blast. Yep. I hope the best for your picks. Uh, yeah. quick disclaimer, his picks are not final. Obviously some lines haven't come out. Uh, so we will, once the lines are finalized, I will finalize the bets with Al. So do not crucify him over his picks here. Cause they're not, not yet. Yep, yep. Not until they're done. <laughs> no. And I'm sure you'll find him on Twitter. Talking oh yeah, all, absolutely. All I'll be active um, tomorrow. 
So yeah, quickly, any or today, promotions? Or today. Yeah, yeah, today it releases today. <laughs> We're recording tomorrow or yesterday. Nope. It's it's all confusing. Um, but yeah, any promotions you want to give, Alex? Before we wrap this thing up, I mean, your personal Twitter, I don't know what it is. or I Yeah, don't, I don't... I, I, you should have gave me this heads up. No, hit up my personal Twitter, Alex J. Luch, spelled the same way as DJ's last name. So you can find me. I tweet at him a lot. Um, no, I just, last thing, life's too short to bet the under, fellas. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. PVO, PVO. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, Kyle. Uh, any promotions you wanna or any promotions we gotta wrap up for our show? Yes, absolutely. So, Alex, thanks again for coming on. It's been fun chatting with you, chatting games. To wrap up our show, uh, be sure to check out our website, codasportscappers.com. We got lock articles on there. We're gonna get a couple bloggers here hopefully soon that'll do some blogs. Me and DJ may dabble in a little bit. We'll see what happens. We said that the last time and really didn't, but <laughs> Every week, we're like, yeah, we're gonna get into the <laughs> and then the workman comes by and we don't do it. We don't do it. So yes. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's a future. That's a future you problem. That's a future you problem. We might vlog. We might not. <laughs> Just check the website. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Check exactly. The there's there's good blogs on there. Uh, follow us on our Twitter page at Feud Gambling. Me and DJ post. Five picks a day, including one mortal lock a week. Uh, next podcast, next Wednesday, we're going to have hopefully on our final capper we haven't had on yet. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, be sure to check out our buddies, Pace and Brandon's podcast, the Mount Lockmore podcast. It comes out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to give up the rest of the people, the rest of the cappers, a follow on Twitter at Coda Capper Pace at BRUS35 at Pumba Cakes at Campbell D Josh. And then our specific Twitters, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Combdog and DJ. Wrap it up for us at DJLO4422. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Hitting necks. Hitting necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers.